Hey everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, and this is my co-host, as always, John. What up? And today we wanted to talk about goal setting. So with goal setting, you kind of have three different areas to where you want to, I won't say maintain, but like three different areas to where you want to keep updating goals. And then you're going to have, you know, your long-term goals, short-term goals, and you're kind of mid-range goals so usually your mid-range goals are just like the second process of a short-term goal if that makes sense you know what i mean so like my long-term goal is my personal long-term goal as far as fitness is i want to run a hundred mile race mm-hmm. so like my short-term goal isn't going to be putting in 50 miles it's going to be maybe starting out with 25 30 and then my mid-range after I hit that 25, 30 at a pretty decent pace, my mid range is going to be, you know, 50, 60, 70, whatever. Right. And then you go up from there. That way you're kind of creating a ladder, yeah. you know? So you hit the first rung, everything's nice and smooth, second rung, so forth and so on until you reach your long-term goal. So with the three different areas we're going to cover and we're probably going to, you know, this will probably be a two-parter. The other, the three areas that I want to cover as far as goal setting is fitness goals, which, you know, we stay active. Me and you set fitness goals all the time. Professional goals, you know, where do you want to be in your career in two years, three years? What's the next step? Retirement. (laughs) Same here, right? Tomorrow. Yeah. And then your personal goals, you know, what do you want to do with the family? You know, is there a vacation you want to take? Is there, you know, maybe a financial goal that'll help out with both? Retirement. Of course. Everybody wants to retire. Tomorrow. I'm semi-retired anyway, so I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. All right. So with fitness goals, one of, and I kind of already preloaded, preloaded to it is you want to set, you know, an overall big goal, you know, and don't think a goal is too big whenever it comes to fitness. If you want to do a 600 pound deadlift, set that as your main goal. You know, you're going to have your small goals. Maybe that small goal is to pull three plates, you know, pull 315. Mm-hmm. You can hit that a couple months. And then after that, mid-range goal or your second short-term goal can be maybe pull 500, you know, work yeah. your way up to it. So there's nothing wrong with setting big goals because that's what you want to do. You want something hard to chase after. If you're constantly shooting a target at five foot, you're not going to get anywhere too fast. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if you constantly set small goals for you, don't get me wrong, that's a great way to build momentum, but you still need that one big picture to look at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay, we're going to give John a minute to wake up. So what are uh, what's your next fitness goal? Uh, okay, let me break this down. What's your next short-term fitness goal? I mean, let's see. I don't or I mean, do you even set those anymore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fitness goals for me are, you know, realistically, I mean, they're they're pretty basic. They're stay in shape, um, stay injury free, um, but you know, focusing on uh, short term wise, it's it's mostly just focusing on like right now. I mean, I'm more focused on you know the cross training aspect of of running and of riding a bike and those things. Um, especially as it gets dark early and cold outside, yeah. you know, it makes it harder to do things outside. Um, don't get me wrong. Mm. I'm still going to be out there in the cold doing these things, but you know, uh, bigger activities usually happen on the weekend. So, you know, Monday through Friday is more focused on, um, 
uh, well-designed uh, workouts. Um, and, you know, it's and it's a mixture of you know old-school bodybuilding style workouts mixed with mm-hmm. some metcon, mixed with some stretching, mixed with some core work. Um, yeah, those type of things. Uh, so those are probably short-term goals for me. Um, and, I, and I kind of follow that every year. You know, you kind of yeah. have that, well, it's what we call off-season. Um, oh, it's part of your and then periodization. World, yeah, I mean, yeah. is it really an off-season? Eh, we're not, I'm not racing um, as yeah. much as I am, you know, just training. That bring, let me write that down. That brings up a good point. <clears throat> Go ahead. Which one? Which I'm part? sorry. Off-season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll so, talk about that here in a minute. You know, um, working on imbalances, uh, trying to get, you know, strengthen, like for me, issues, I have ankle issues, so work on things that are going to strengthen my ankles going into the next season, uh, hopefully help strengthen my ankles, um, although I think they're pretty much shot, but. Uh, um, you go, man, just put on a lace-up brace, you'll be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get um, one of strong supports. Yeah. I tried <clears> that. I still almost did it. Yeah. So, do you have a long-term goal in the books? Well, currently, um, currently I'm registered for a hundred miler in June. So that's what really, I guess, that's my long-term goal from right Dude, now. It seems like a terrible time to run a hundred miler. Yeah, I mean, it's usually yeah blistering I mean, hot there. I was about to say I'd want a little chilly out. Yeah, I mean, I definitely prefer running in the cold. Um, but I mean, I've I've ran the fifty miler. That same race, I did the, the 12 hour 50 miler. And I mean, which race were we talking about? Black Mountain. Oh, Black Mountain Monster. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and our uh, friends that uh, I can never say the name. That's a Tawana event, right? No, no, no. Oh, it's That's not? a relentless, uh, relentless running at a Black Mountain. Ah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, and we're looking at um, possibly, and I, I need to actually reset my reminder, but we're looking at a, a 50 miler in Chattanooga in April. Okay. March or April. Not in March. March or April. And then possibly trying to throw our, our, our hats in there for the Yeti 100 later on in the year, in the fall of next year. So, yeah, I mean, a couple hundred miles, 50 miler. And if we do that, there's going to be a lot less racing on the calendar mm-hmm. next year. It'll just be more training and focusing on. <clears throat> this is really hard to. It's hard for me to sign or to register for knowing I have stuff like that coming up, register for multiple 50 K's because you just get so you get that tunnel vision and you train for that 50 K. Whereas you realistically need to be pushing on past that 50 K, yeah. you know, a hundred K's and things like that. But I mean, you can still use those as like training runs, right? Yeah. But the problem I have is, is it's that, that are you race. talking about like the various pace that you need yeah, to maintain? Yeah, it's the race okay. mindset that I get yeah. um, into, and you just you know you tend to do more damage than good, or and obviously there's those stupid opportunities to get injured and totally blow your whole season. Yeah. So you know, I tend to focus if we're going to do those. I tend to focus more on the training part of that, which for those races, <clears throat> it's going to be more um, hitting Wilson's Creek and gravel roads and Wilson's Creek. You know where you can run. 30 miles of gravel road or, you know, rolling gravel roads with, yeah, yeah. Versus, Dude, that's a scary place to run, man. Especially yeah. when you start going up towards uh, the staircase. Yeah. Up towards yeah. the top of 181. Yeah. 
That's a lot of switchbacks. You got to be light on your feet for that because yeah, your only be, option is to hit the ditch. Yeah, it'll be more of, you know, uh, you know, Brown Mountain Beach up into Roseboro, those places I've ran oh. for years where you're pretty much in Wilson's Creek on the gravel roads. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used those for long distance forever just because it's, it's more, uh, to me, it's, it's more beneficial to me to run that stuff versus going out and doing, trying to kill yourself at, 40 miles a single track yeah um that just beat you up so bad and it's nothing it's not really like it's not like the race that you're gonna run you know a long rolly hilly gravel road is gonna be a lot closer to the most of those hundred mile races that were at least the ones that we're registered to do now yeah so so with most hundred mile races you're going like laps right they don't have a lot of them that has a beginning and an end do they um yeah most of them are most of them are loops Okay. Um, in various various sizes, I think the fifty the fifty miler we're looking at doing in Chattanooga, it's a point to point. So you start here, end here. Start they, start here, end there. Do they carry your gear for you, or do you have to carry it? You would, yeah, you would pack it up. Um, they and they would transport it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I was about to say it turned into like more of a ruck situation if you're going for fifty miles or a hundred miles. Cause yeah. You wouldn't be able yeah. to run with that much nutrition on you and water and everything else 50 miles no, i could carry that much nutrition and then water bottles if you carry water bottles you're gonna have aid stations so well yeah, and then, i mean if you have aid stations you're gonna have food <clears throat> so i mean you, you know if it's a supported event now if you're yeah. doing it on your own like we've done in the past with these virtual events where you don't have aid stations that's a little bit of a, a different story okay um whereas you're gonna have to have a crew to come somebody come in and <clears throat> And, you know, sit down and figure out point A, point B, point C, D, where, where do I need water pickups, where can I go out and hide water, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I got you. So one of the goals that I'm setting for myself is actually the men's physique competition that I did last year. I was planning on doing it this year again just because, honestly, I'm not a big fan of doing – physique competitions but this one was extremely well ran the owner came around met everybody talked to everybody like that was a great atmosphere yeah you know i mean obviously some competitors were back there dying having the worst day of their life trying to look as lean as possible but other than that is a very well ran show and i really just want to support it so i was planning on competing it this year and due to the covid it got shut down but they already sent out the email that they will be doing it next year yeah well tentatively depending on what happens so while overall my long-term goal is just you know longevity getting my black belt from zen jiu-jitsu things like that this is a kind of a sidebar goal so the long term is to compete in june so short term right now i'm going to be in my mass cycle i'd like to put on about five pounds of lean muscle before i get back on stage so with that long or with that short term after just like you were talking about with periodization, like you yeah. got to do this in cycles. So mm-hmm. after that, my midterm is going to be the cut. So I've yeah. got to go through the cut and then I'll have my peak week and then compete. So with that, it's not my only long-term goal as far as fitness is concerned, but that's the important one that's on the docket right now. Yeah. Like that's the scheduled event that I'm training for right now. Yeah. And you know, as far as longevity, um, <clears throat> I can still gear a lot of my training towards that. And have this in there, you know, I yeah. recover, I recover very well because I have a good recovery routine. So I'm not too concerned with that. 
but that just kind of gives you an example of kind of a, like you were talking about, you know I mean? This is stuff for next year. Yeah. Long-term, obviously we want to grow old and still be able to play with our grandkids. Oh yeah. But that's just a different goal than what's currently on the calendar. For sure. So one goal that, um, somebody can set, especially if you're just getting started in this and you don't want to, you know, like, if you've never worked out before, maybe not look at benching three plates or squatting three plates right yeah, off the bat. Yeah. No. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's a long term goal, a couple years in the future. But short term goal, I always suggest people get functional strength. Yeah, for you know? sure. Like functional strength is a huge one and for God's sakes, you know, if you're looking at like if one of your goals is I'm gonna lose thirty pounds, don't go buy a cheap pair of running shoes. And go hit the pavement because no. you're looking at some really crappy long-term effects and bad knees and, and everything else. And that's coming from somebody that's been running really their whole life. It's, you know, my knees aren't terrible. My ankles are horrible. My knees aren't terrible. <laughs> my hips aren't horrible. I mean, but that's after a lot of correction working with, you know, some of the best, uh, you know, coaches around, um, mm. you know, uh, <clears throat> trying to help me correct things. Um, and there, there's a lot more to it than just going and buying a pair of running <laughs> shoes and going and jogging around the block. Yeah. Um, and I see it all the time, man. And I can, you can, you can pick those people out when you're driving by because they look miserable. I mean, you can look, the look on their face is like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? Their run gate is horrible. I mean, it's just like they're dying, you know? And you kind of can pick up on it. It's like they're probably only half a mile into this thing, but but they're trying to lose weight. Oh, yeah. They're just sucking wind the entire time. Yeah. And so that <clears> – <throat> so anytime you're looking at doing something new, you always want to hire a professional to at least help you through the or, beginning. Yeah, or somebody, yeah. That, somebody that's – you know, yeah, I mean, if you know somebody, there, that. yeah, that's great too, you know, but like with me, whenever I first started running, we have another trainer here named Zach and Zach, I mean, he's always been a runner. He's never really done long distance. He does more like Spartan races and stuff yeah. like that. But whenever you watch him run there, it looks like there's no impact. Like there's no bounce whenever he runs. So I talked to him whenever I wanted to pick up my running and kind of like got him to watch my gate and play with that. And he suggested, uh, one of the guys you probably know him. I think it's Sonny Dreyer, or Sonny Dyer. Yeah, that's one. That's one of my old coaches. <clears throat> yeah, I grew up with Sonny. Yeah, Sonny Studio Seven. Yeah, you know, he's a excellent coach in this area. I'm actually working with one of his athletes online. <clears throat> and, oh, are you talking about uh, Aronson? No, Aaron Loader. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I've been working with him, and he's. Uh, I'd love to have him on the podcast too. He's yeah. ran hundred milers. He does. I mean, runs he has a, all the time. He has two well he has sisters that are uh national champions oh, wow. in cyclocross and road cycling and I, the only reason i thought about that is because she's got big into competing in jiu-jitsu now oh really um yeah so, oh yeah i don't know her yeah yeah i just happened to see that she was at a tournament like last weekend or something yeah. somewhere big okay so <clears throat> i got you but yeah i work with him and you know if you're looking to um learn how to work out and how to program your exercises oh, yeah. for your goal. I mean, it's he's always a, good to talk to a coach. You he know? is a, uh, <clears throat> he's a genius. Um, helped me with when I, when I go back and say, you know, 
with form and, and somebody to help you with that stuff. I mean, that was, uh, when I was racing triathlon, you set me up on the, on the bike. What was yeah. the proper setup? I mean, you, you wouldn't believe how much moving your saddle, you know, a, a millimeter makes a difference or, no. um, you know, a two millimeter shorter stem on your, on your bike, you know, makes that much of a difference. But somebody that has that, that experience to sit down and measure you and look at you and, you know, watch your pedal yeah. stroke and then watch, but watch your run gate, all those things. I mean, I competed against them a few times myself. So we rode by, I mean, we raced bikes against each other for a long time. So, but yeah, definitely one of those, a good one. Um, yeah. But yeah, sorry. I lost my train of thought there for a second. But yeah. So whenever you have any type of goal, um, I believe I talked about this on the podcast before, but I recently just bought another handgun and I haven't, carried in a long time so the first thing that i did whenever i got the handguns i went to the range played around with it and i realized i wasn't as comfortable as i remembered being you yeah. know i used to, i carried a handgun when i was like 21 22 right. and then i end up selling it off getting another rifle i've always been more of a long gun person yeah. but i bought another handgun just <clears throat> honestly i wanted to keep my skill up on it so i went to the range and like I wasn't shooting a grouping that I was happy with. So I talked to the range guide over there, range master, whatever you call him, and asked if they had anybody there who trained privates, you know, preferably ex-military, somebody who's literally lived with a gun for a while. Yeah. So he set me up with a private lesson. Whenever the guy came in there, I realized it was my grip. Yeah. I didn't have a good grip whenever I was going to it. So I mean, it's that small detail yeah. that needed change. Once that grip changed, my entire grouping changed and my yeah. entire stance changed. So it wasn't that, oh, you just, you know, pulled a trigger. You know, I wanted to actually become comfortable with carrying a pistol yeah. again. So I hired a professional. I mean, I just did one session with him, but that one session was worth its weight in gold. You know, like I did, I think it was a 45-minute session. Yeah. After I left there, my groupings have been consistent ever since. You know, I yeah. just needed that little adjustment that only a professional eye could see. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was going in there. I was like, hey, man, I, my shooting sucks, you know. Like I told him what was going on. I wanted to fix the problem. So I hired a professional, got the problem fixed. Mm -hmm. So whenever you pick out a personal trainer or a running coach or a range instructor, you want to make sure that you get a professional. You want to make mm -hmm. sure that they know what they're doing, but you also want to give them a chance to fix the issue. You don't want to fight them the entire time. Oh, Lord, no. You know what I mean? If you're paying for their time, get everything you mm -hmm. can out of them. And, uh, so whenever you're talking about functional strength, <clears throat> I'm a huge proponent of that. And basically that just means that you have the strength to perform everyday tasks and still have strength and energy at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, so functional strength for an office worker is going to be very different than functional strength for a warehouse worker yeah. or for a senior citizen who has to go out and get groceries, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's going to differ from person to person, but, you know, talking to, Basically, our demographic is going to be males from 18 to late 40s. Mm -hmm. So one of the good functional tests you can give yourself, I set it up around four different exercises. First one, squats. If you can perform 50 body squats and then push-ups, 25 push-ups, chin-ups, four to six. We'll keep it pretty simple because that's pretty difficult to do, especially with people who want to lose weight. Oh, yeah. And then a one-minute plank. Like those four exercises, if you can do those, then you've got a good base to start going. When I say like 50 squats, I mean one set of 50 squats oh, yeah. right behind each other. No break in between push-ups, chin-ups, 
Same thing, plank, obviously, a one-minute steady plank. So if you can't complete all four of those exercises within, you know, half an hour or so, then that's definitely a goal that you can set. Whether that's a short, mid, or long-term goal is completely up to where your starting point is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, and I always have little stuff like when I get done on the run, I usually knock out 50, 50 push-ups. I mean, that, that doesn't matter if it's 10, 12, 13, 14, whatever many miles. I'll, as soon as I get back to the parking lot, I'll do a little stretch, roll over, and bang out 50 push-ups. Yeah. I mean, it's always just one of those goals for me to, to do. I mean, just to the little small stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that little small stuff, if you do it every day, it stacks on itself. Yeah. And you're not worried about getting an overuse mm-hmm. injury or anything like that because it's all body weight. You know, yeah. you can't over – I'm not – I don't want to say you can't overtrain with body weight, right. but if you're sticking to the basics, you're good. If you're doing like, you know, a thousand Hindu squats or diamond oh, yeah. push-ups, yeah, you're going to jack your elbows and shoulders up. But Yeah, it's, and that's one of the things I tell my son, you know, at 12, you know, it's, he, you know, he wants to get stronger. He's, you know, NP and all those things. And I'm like, well, here's like five exercises. If you do this every day, it's going to help you. you know, it's push-ups and sit-ups yeah. and squats and mm-hmm. You know, um, I have them do burpees and there's like five things. I'm like, do these every day. We can do them together when I get home. You can do them, you know, just make sure you do them. And you're going to see an increase in your strength. You're going to see an increase in your everything. I mean, your endurance. You're going to see a little bit of everything. Um, Because that's one of those things with like kids in in school and stuff. They go in and they'll do PE for three days and I go, oh, I got to do a fitness test today, you know, and... Mm. Being somebody that's been kind of around the fitness world, I guess I, I mean, I worked in a little bit, but I've always been around it. I've always ran or lifted or something. Um, and it's always funny because my kid will come home and be like, oh, well, I've been doing push-ups all wrong. And you're like, I'm like, what? And he's like, this is how you're supposed to do push-ups. I'm like, no, that's not how you do push-ups. That's how you tear your shoulders all to pieces, but that's not yeah. how you do push-ups. And I'm like, tell your teacher that if they want to have a push-up contest at the end of the week, I'm more than willing to come in and do that, you know. But I want to be able to back that stuff up. Like, yeah. tell them. I'll, I'll show up and knock it out, but that's why I do that stuff every day. Because mm. I'll have that strength, and I know I can I can, I can, can do that. Yeah, um, yeah. you're getting into a uh, big subject for me. I get a lot of high school, or not a lot. I get some high school athletes in here, mm-hmm. and whenever I watch their squat form, their bench form, I'm like, dude, this this is dangerous. Oh, like, yeah. oh, that's what my coach told me. PE. I was like, while I respect their knowledge, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are wrong on this point. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say that. And then I fix their form every single time their weight goes up, oh, and yeah. it's just because I'm putting them in a more functional pattern. Right. You know, if you're doing push-ups and your shoulder or your elbows are straight out from your shoulders, you're going to rupture your bicep tendon. Mm-hmm. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but you're going to do a lot of damage to the shoulder. The elbows need to be back like you're pushing a heavy car. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. I see that mainly out of women. Yeah. As soon as women hit the deck, they start going, those elbows wing out as far as they can possibly get them. And yet it reduces travel length, but that's not what we're looking for. We're that's, looking to hit the muscle. That's what they had him doing. He's like, oh, this is how you do it. I mean, those elbows are jacked up. His hands are oh, yeah. way the He's hell building out a rectangle. Like, Dude, like, no, no. Like, <laughs> but I only have to move four inches when I do this. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, so who's counting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if you watch the um, world record guy with pull-ups, yeah. he has his hands, like, on each side of the rack. Like, as he's got, he oh, yeah. he's got as his hands literally as far as he can get them away from his body 
and still keep a good hold on the pole. Yeah. So his shoulder line is moving like three inches whenever he's going up and down. But the big thing is, is getting your chin over the bar from a dead hang. So his arms are completely straight. And when he gets his head up over the bar, his arms are still at like 85 degrees. Yeah, it just makes me hurt <laughs> yeah. looking at that. Though, man. I'm just like, ah, oh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And whenever you're competing, play by the rules, man. If the rules work to your advantage, make them work to your advantage. Yeah. But whenever you're training, you can't train that way. Exactly. And that's going to be very dangerous practice. That just falls into those goal things of staying healthy and yeah. functionally strong. Yeah, exactly. And that's something you should always look for. So that brings me back to uh, what I was talking about earlier as far as the on-season versus off-season. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're talking about seasons, you're usually talking about a sport. Mm-hmm. You know, like every sport, like kind of, well, I don't want to say every sport. Jiu-jitsu is year-round. They don't yeah. have an off-season. There's always competition. That's the way running is. Yeah. Cycling a little different. I mean, mm-hmm. well, it just depends. Like we have, you have road racing in the, in the spring and summer, and then you got uh, cyclocross hits in the fall, and then mountain biking usually like late winter, early spring-ish, yeah. and trails and stuff aren't <clears> frozen. Yeah, so a lot of people see that as in, you know, you got to be in shape in season, off yeah. season is your rest time. Off season is not your rest time. No. Off season is when you do your hardest, most grueling workouts because you're not worried about yeah. performance. Strength and power. Yes. For me, that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. And, you know, every sport's going to be different. Obviously, if you're talking about team sports, you're going to have skill building. And, yeah. I mean, even with running, you're kind of going to have skill building, but you're not going to have like skill building workouts around right. you already know your running technique. Mm. So anytime you're in off season, that's going to be your hardest stuff. So anytime you're looking to compete, you're looking for efficiency, efficiency, whenever you're working out or you're training, you're looking for effectiveness. Yep. So if you're doing an exercise, so the biggest way to think about the difference is let's say you're doing a bicep curl. All right. So if I'm training to be effective, then I'm going to keep my shoulder line completely over top of my hip line. I'm going to use 100% biceps and as little stabilizer muscles as possible to make sure that the entire work is going from the bicep contraction. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking to be efficient and I just want to see how many plates I can move, then I'm going to do a reverse grip hand clean. Yeah. I'm going to get my hips involved. I'm going to explode my hips forward and just swing my shoulders yeah. back as hard as possible. That way I can get the most weight up. Like that's, that, uh, it's not effective. That's what we call the, uh, oh, God, just left me. Oh, the Planet Fitness Curl. Yeah. yeah. Or the Cam Newton. Is that the dude from the Panthers, Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Oh, yeah, the quarterback. Have you seen that? Have you, yeah, have you seen that, that Under Armour commercial where it's just him working out? I mean, it, uh, I see it all the time, and it just I'm like, oh, my God, it's course you know curls and he's like just, just all swinging yeah. like john anderson <laughs> yeah. the hell out of that thing and you're like yeah come on under armor you can do better than this i mean <laughs> yeah. my god i get it he's a famous football player but he's sitting mm-hmm. here working out he looks like an idiot yeah you know, man it's, it's about just, what looks good for the camera though yeah, yeah. And it's like, and, but but then that, but that all goes back to what we're talking about with these kids and these in high school students they see that yeah that's what they see you know oh that's the right way to do it because cam newton does it yep you think hmm. yeah yeah, no, anytime you're doing a curl, if you're wanting to hit the bicep, your hips should not be moving. Nope. If your hips have to move, the weight's too heavy for you. Mm-hmm. So, again, everything comes with the asterisk. One of my favorite quotes in fitness and martial arts is, it depends. Yeah. So, Arnold was really big on cheat reps towards the end of the set. Yeah. So, if Arnold was doing a set of 12, it was his third of three sets. He was doing barbell curls. 
those last four, he was moving his hips, but that was literally just to squeeze out everything else. Could, yeah. yeah, he did as many strict form barbell curls as he could. Mm-hmm. And then once he couldn't get another one up, he would do cheat reps after that yeah. just to go to failure, basically. Right. And Arnold wasn't a big guy on going to total failure, yeah. but he would always try to get a couple extra reps in through you know, yeah. comfortable cheating methods. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying cheat everything because if you start cheating overhead press with your lower back, you're going to have some issues. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so anytime you're doing off-season work, keep in mind, you don't want to start the season back at square one. No. You, know, you see that a lot in high school athletes to where a season's over with. They're like, cool, it's time to drink, party, eat McDonald's, and just get out of shape because <clears> I put in a good hard season. Man, and then can- next season – they're right back where they started at the beginning of the last season. Um, about, I guess it was last, yeah, last year. So we were kind of we were going into off season, you know, holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all that. Sean got, uh, we had signed up for the uh, South Mountain fifty k. Yeah, um, and it was in January. It was like January first or second or whatever. And <clears throat> so going into like Thanksgiving, I think he got pneumonia. Ended up having to go to the hospital, so. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember he got in the morning, yeah. got sick. No, that was the uh, beginning of February, wasn't it? No. The was, race? Was the January. race was January? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was like Christmas, New Year's, bam, race the next day. Okay. Like, it might have been New Year's Day or the day after, whatever, but it was the second. And uh, so he got pneumonia, and I was like, well, I don't know if he's going to be able to run or not. He didn't think he was going to be able to run because obviously his lungs are all jacked up, and then it's freezing cold outside, so it's probably not the best of both worlds. So, nope. you know. I kind of went on a binge, like, just, man, my mom made some, like, pigs in a blanket, man, I ate, like, 30 of those things, and, I mean, I just ate whatever I wanted. I didn't, man, I think my longest run in those, like, two months was, like, maybe five miles. So, you know, I pretty much just blew the, blew that whole end of the season off, and then I'm like, so, uh we doing this race and he's like well you know i had pneumonia i don't know if i can even do it and i'm like well okay it's probably a good idea we don't do it but then we decided well we'll just do it you know yeah. and go out there and it's the most god-awful race i think i've ever done i mean we we heck even Kadora beat us and we were just like what feel like Kadora beat us um yeah, that, yeah was like, a, that was a rough one because not only you on mountain, but you had like, what, four or five creek crossings There was as like well? four or five creek crossings. It was snowing. It was like 16 degrees. Um, I can't remember how many thousands of feet of elevation there was, but in like the last six miles, there was like 3,000 feet of climbing. And it was just, it was god awful, man. And I mean, I don't know how we finished. And I wanted to quit it the next to last aid station man the guy had pancakes and bacon and he was grilling that stuff up and i put it in my <laughs> mouth and it was so good and then there was a truck it, the pick there was a pickup truck there that was running and the heat was on and it was starting to drizzle rain on us and i was just like i want to get in that truck it was horrible but you know that's what that's what happened i mean we we went into that i went into that i totally let my guard down. I ate what I wanted. I probably drank some. Um, I didn't train. Uh, I was coming in here and hitting the weights. Hmm. And I was getting, you know, I was putting on mass, you know, which is not a good thing to do before you do a 50K over mountains. No, not at Um, all. So, yeah, I totally went into that just 
Oh my god, it was terrible. Worst mm. race ever. And that's exactly but I but I did. I blew it. My my, my goal was just shot. Um, and I mean, it's easy to do, especially on the holidays. Holidays are always tough for me, you know, much like you. I've got a very Southern family, so everything's fried. Oh, yeah. And nothing is really that healthy. The only healthy food there is what me and my wife take because she has some food allergies. So yeah. we have to take special dishes, and that's kind of what we chew on. But, man, if I've got nothing on the calendar, yeah, I pig out. I go back for seconds. I go back for thirds. If there's apple pie there, I'm taking the thing home with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's my biggest downfall is apple pie. It really is. So yeah, whenever that's much, there, I know I'm in trouble. Pretty much anything my mother-in-law makes is just like, oh, my God. You know, because it'll be like homemade pecan, pecan pie, uh, chocolate pie. Oh, my God. Oof. I'm getting my stomach's growling. Can you hear that? It's like, um, and then of course, you know, stuffing and macaroni and mac and cheese. And it's, it's, I make the hams. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's another and, controversial subject. Um, I enjoy Thanksgiving ham way more than I enjoy Thanksgiving turkey. Oh, yeah, I really do. Apparently. And, yeah. and I have like a, I have a secret recipe for my hams that, I've told them and including my son that I will let you know on my deathbed what the secret <laughs> ingredients are. But, uh, man, they beg for that stuff every year. Hmm. It's, it is pretty good. I make a couple for work too, but yeah, you know, it's kind of, and that's one of those things that you kind of got to think about that when you're making, when you are creating goals or, uh, you know, where, you know, the timing of your events, the timing of, you know, do you do well during the holidays? Or do you tend to binge? If you tend to binge, then maybe your goal shouldn't be right around the holidays or yeah. the very first of the year. You know? That or just kind of let that dictate what you're eating. You know, anytime you start or talking that, about yeah. goals, you have to match your nutrition to your training. Oh, so sure. like whenever I've got this comp coming up, my nutrition right now during my mass phase is way different than my nutrition is going to be during my cut phase. Oh, yeah. You know, whenever I was getting ready for the... Um, Grand Further Mountain, my nutrition was way different than either one of these phases. Yeah. You know, so like the way I try to look at it is will that cookie damage your chances of putting on a good performance? Probably not. I mean, it's one cookie. Yeah. But is it going to help you in your performance? Definitely right. not. Yeah, like, been, you know, it's not going to help you, but whether it hurts you or not, it's kind of iffy. I've been struggling with that this week with, uh, dozen donuts from dd my wife bought like i pick it up and i'm like is this gonna hurt me maybe maybe not. maybe not tastes damn good though mm -hmm. well unfortunately that's kind of how it goes you yeah. get that mouth pleasure and everything else just kind of goes out the window and it's easy to say you know like this little five second decision that's going to take me to eat this donut ain't gonna set me back much but is it going to help you move forward I like no. to think it does. Just no. a little carb load before my runs. It's not, man. It's not. There are more healthy things you can carb load with. But like I said, it is it going to hurt you? No, probably not. One donut. But if you're like me, one donut turns into two, turns into well, three. Now, on my refeed, mm. I, I, I call it a refeed. <laughs> um, on my refeed day, <laughs> it was like two and a half. But then, you know, so I figured out what I do is I come in after my run days and i'll have a half a donut and then i'll have the other half on the other day that way it's not i don't see how you eat half a donut dude it's 
It's hard. It's tough. <laughs> I was about to say, I'd rather have nothing than half a I'll, donut. I'll go back in there and open the box and stare at the other half a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> why don't I just, I should just do it. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not. Swimming. Working on that mental power. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I'm a huge fan of Dan John, um, a very famous strength and conditioning coach. Whenever he talks about the 90-10 rule, yeah. 90% of your meals should be geared towards your goals. Yeah. 10% of your meals, whatever you want to. You know, yeah. like. Try not to binge. Try not to throw that 10% into one day. But if you average it out, you know, three meals a day, seven days a week, that's 27 meals. Yeah. So two of those can be whatever you want them to be. I'm, I'm perfectly going, good with that. Yeah. I'm doing whatever Dwayne The Rock Johnson says. Uh, you can't follow that guy. That French toast. Have you seen that French toast yeah, he does? I, oh my God, I want to try to make that with the tequila and no, the I want syrup. That, I want that uh, pizza and that sushi oh, plate yeah. that he posted a couple of months ago. But keep in mind, too, anytime you start following that, those guys are, uh, A, in a different place, B, have some oh, different yeah. resources. Let's oh, put it that sure. way. <laughs> so, yeah. What they're... he's talking about is protein powder. Exactly. <laughs> the special protein powder. <laughs> you get that stuff in you. Cheap meals don't matter anymore. It's about calories in, calories out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that French toast looked really good. Mm-hmm. It did. But now nah, I'm just... Yeah, whenever he posted that picture, I think it was on Instagram actually, of that yeah. sushi platter. Oh, I yeah, think he yeah, was yeah. like screening one of his new movies yeah. in the background, had like this mass. I mean, it looked and like that, seven pounds worth of sushi. And peanut butter chocolate chip that cookies. The chocolate chip cookies with peanut butter in the middle. Oh, I don't think I saw those. Those were the dessert after the sushi. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't they see were those. Big chocolate chip cookies with just like, I don't know, like an inch of peanut butter in between them. <sighs> Boy, man, you imagine what his gastric distress must be like the day after. Yeah, can you imagine the plumbing? <laughs> Get one of those industrial toilets. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. I don't want to. The Rock says, give it me that. all the toilet paper. Can you smell what the Rock is cooking? <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, so goal setting is always, always extremely important. And I think it's important too, just if you're an average lifter, you know, yeah. a lot of people just, hell, when I worked, when I first started working out, I was literally just because I started working out in high school, fell in love with it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite things. That was one of the biggest issues I had with like not really overtraining, but training too much. Yeah. And there's a distinct difference. We'll get in that later on. But I never really hit overtraining just because I was so young. I was recovering easily. But man, I worked out six days a week because I enjoyed working out. Yeah, you know, I was, I was obviously I wanted to get bigger, but I didn't have any short term or long term goals. I just wanted to add muscle mass, you know, yeah. just whatever I could do. So I'd work out six days a week. And honestly, I was overworking my recovery. Yeah. But hell, I didn't know that then. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I was at, I mean, there was a point in time when I was way smaller than I am now. But I mean, I was running 10 plus miles a day, every mm-hmm. day. Um, and started to develop a little bit of a heart issue because I was running so much. Um, so then it was kind of like, you need to back off. Well, what am I going to do? You know, like, so I kind of, there was some guys I used to work with at my old job and they were, God, they were 40, 50 year old dudes at big beards and, you know, 20 inch pythons, you know, not bodybuilders by any means, just good old meat and tater Corn-fed country boys. Country strong. Yeah, yeah. And so... They weren't lean and veiny. They were covered in a good coating, but they still had the muscle mass. Like, you know, I'd come in in the morning and the dude would be eating a 
meatloaf sandwich the size of my head and then two hours later he was eating a sirloin steak the size of my head and then two hours after that he was eating you know a, a fried chicken plate from whatever restaurant in town and then yeah. two hours after that he was having another snack and then my they God. were hitting the gym you know <laughs> so i was like they're like why don't you start coming and working out with us i'm like really nope. like i mean i i mean i had lifted um but I, I didn't know it. I mean, I wasn't yeah. strong then. I mean, I was bird-chested and imagine mm-hmm. that, bird-chested and just a runner guy, a scrawny, you know. Um, so I started working out with them. I mean, these guys would warm up with 405 on the bench, you know. And I remember loading over a 1,000 pounds on the leg press and then him making me sit on top of it while he busted out a, a set of 20 reps, yeah. you know. And you're just like, oh, my God, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, they they kind of took me under their wings and showed me the basics, and but they started helping me set goals. You know, you should be here by you know you want to be able to. We want you to be able to bench press your body weight by this point in time. You should mm-hmm. be here by then. And they're like, that is like the ultimate marker in bench pressing. If you can actually bench press your body weight, then mm-hmm. you're doing pretty good. You know. Yeah. Um. So that was like my first goal. Um, leg, leg wise, I was always pretty strong in legs just because I was a runner and, and biked and stuff. So, but yeah, those guys kind of helped set goals like that for me. Um, you know, shoulder presses, all that stuff. Um, but then it was a lot of that was, we go back to setting goals, but then having people to show you how to do it correctly. You know, it was all based on form. There wasn't any cheating. There wasn't any, you know, if you bounced still on the bench, you didn't. They didn't count it. There was no bouncing yeah. or that horsecraft. <clears throat> Momentum was, is not a muscle. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, those were things that got me kind of where I'm at now, you know. But like you, I enjoy, I, I, I fell in love with it. And mm. so that's why now, you know, I lift three or four days a week. And then the others are cardio days, except for one I generally rest. But this past week I got on my bike and, and rode um, just because I missed it. And that's kind of one of those things where we were talking about um, fitness goals versus personal goals um, because they tend to sometimes get in the way of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, when I was you know, in my heyday racing, you know, every weekend and training, you know, five, six days a week, you know, personal life doesn't really exist. Um, family life suffers, obviously. I didn't have, you know, it was a few years before we had a kid, but, you know, you're still always out doing your thing, and then the kid comes along, and you're still out doing your thing. Um, yeah, it's hard to break those habits when yeah, they're that far ingrained. It is, and, I mean, it took a lot of work and a lot of long nights and quite a few arguments for me to realize that I was being a selfish prick and that I needed to, I needed to figure out what exactly it was I wanted to do. Which is why, you know, I have those conversations with friends now. They're like, we don't ever do this anymore. I'm like, well, it's, my goal is this. And in order to get to that goal, this is what I have to do. But at the same time, I'm minimizing that to, to exact, I mean, my regimen is built exactly to reach that goal. Yeah. I don't leave room in there for the excess because that excess is the room I've built for family time and. And all those important things that I didn't quite pay enough attention to then. But then there's also those other personal goals, those other hobbies. Um, you know, you get into fall and winter and, you know, for some of us, it's, you know, deer season. 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you're, you know, you're thinking about, well, man, I'd like to be out hunting today, but then I've got to get my training in. I've got to get my run in. Um, you get into like April, it's turkey season. And one of that's, um, um, turkey season for me is like my favorite. Um, but yet that's April. You're training for a hundred mile or in June. Yeah. So guess what's probably not going to happen. <clears throat> you know, start running those turkeys down. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I used to, I mean, normally I turkey hunt via mountain bike cause I go to, I go to public land and hunt turkeys and I ride my mountain bike cause yeah. every other hunter's on foot and they see you show up. They're like, I'm not beating that guy to the, to the <laughs> upper field today because I'm gone. Yeah. <clears throat> no, um, that's one thing I have not killed. I have went turkey hunting almost every year except the last two. And I have never seen a turkey. If I'm deer hunting, they will all but flock me while I'm sitting in the stand. But as got- soon as I walk out with the shotgun, they're nowhere. It's like they just leave the damn state. I can sit there and call for hours well, and, and you don't hear nothing. Like here, like our season's so screwed up because we yeah. hunt and we're hunting in April. And depending on what the weather does, if it warms up like crazy warm in March, they're already hinned up by the time our hunting season starts. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if not the first week of April, they're already hinned up and they're not paying any attention. Um, and we don't have a fall season here, you know, where you used yeah. to back in the day, you could go hunting and actually kill the Thanksgiving turkey Yeah. Um, when we were kids. Um, but, you know, that's one of those elusive birds, man. It's like crows are two of the crows and turkeys are two of the most, two of the smartest birds on the planet. And they just have such key senses. Turkeys guess, in their eyesight, man. Like I've dropped a couple crows. Like there's yeah. nothing to that. <laughs> I've never had a problem with that. Yeah. But also like that was with the 17. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are like, those are the personal goals. Like, yeah. And anytime you start budgeting time, you realize that two, three hours here and there is actually pretty hard to squeeze out, especially yeah. whenever you've got a little one, you know, yeah. one of the big things that changed for me was me and my wife have always had a very close relationship. I mean, we enjoy each other's company, but whenever Raylan came along, man, like we barely have time for us. Me and my wife had to sit down, I don't know, maybe even a month ago. And we were both just like, look, we don't, we don't feel like we're in a relationship anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? We feel like we're just co-parenting because Mm -hmm. we don't have time for us. So, and I know it's kind of getting into the personal goals, but one of the personal goals that both of us said was like, look, we got to drop the kid off somewhere. We got to have like a date date. Yeah. You know, so my sister is just gnawing at the bits to get her hands on around. Yeah. So we took him over there and he hung out with uh, his aunt Mo for... I don't know, maybe six hours, yeah. you know, we went to the range. I let her shoot my 270 a little bit. She's never shot a high power rifle before. She'd, she'd light stuff up with my 22, yeah. but she'd never shot a high power rifle before. So we went to the range and hung out and then we rode out to Morganton just cause we ain't been out there in yeah. probably five years. Went to like rural King, you know, I mean, yeah. we didn't go anywhere fancy. Right. We just went out there, hung out and just rode around seeing what's changed in Morganton and stuff. And I mean, it was great. You know, but that was one thing about it was we had just, all of our time was budgeting around, you know, taking care of Raylan, hanging out with Raylan, you know, helping him crawl, getting him to start standing up. Like all of our focus was on him. 
that we just completely lost sight of us. Yeah, and I'd like to say that gets better, but it, it really doesn't. And that's one of the things, that's one of the places where we've struggled the most. And, you know, I don't know, at, at this point, it's like, you know, I mean, my kid's 12, he already turned 13. But, um, yeah, that's one thing we didn't do enough of. We didn't go on enough dates and yeah. we didn't get out like we should. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it can be, it can be very hurtful to a relationship. Um yeah. When you're not taking the time to actually, you know, be in the be relationship. In relationship. Um, <coughs> and, you know, it's, it gets, you know, when they get, they get older, it gets harder. I mean, you know, it gets harder because then they get into sports or then they get into whatever it is they get into, yeah. you know, so then you're, you're having to peel a little bit more of that time away. Um, and then that's just, that starts chipping away. It starts chiseling away at your own goals, but then you have to be like, no, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's my responsibility. Um, Excuse me. You know, and, and you can make those, you know, you can involve family in those goals. I mean, you know, me yeah. and, me and Sully, you know, he goes turkey hunting with me and um, we fish a lot and those kind of things. Hope you don't Sorry. have the Rona. No, my throat just got really dry. Was on. That's, that's usually a first sign. Could be. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's those, those personal goals. Like for us, like, um, you know, one of my personal goals is to actually go hunting more or go fishing more. Um, but therein it's hard to do when you actually have fitness goals as well. Um, races and training and everything else. So you kind of have to really sit down and evaluate that and decide, you know, what you can and can't do, what's most important. And that's one of the benefits of kind of setting your own goals is just the fact that you can <clears throat> spread out the timetable. Mm-hmm. You can kind of move it, you know, move oh, the yeah. goalpost if you need yeah. to. Now, if you've got a scheduled run or an event on the calendar, yeah, obviously you can't do that. But that's always been, and that's always been the tough part because, you know, you'll like, and that's, and, even Rob and I and stuff years and years ago when he, when he rode, uh, bikes and we raced together and stuff. Um, that's one of the things that got to be most annoying because you would literally register for, you had to you know register for these races six months before they happen, you know? And if you didn't, the chances of you getting in it were, you know, slim to none because they sold out so fast. And so that was one of those things, like you were committing to something and paying, you were committing, you know, financially um, to something that's six months down the road. So there's always that big chance that your goal may change in three months. Um, Obviously, there's stuff that could happen that pops up between now and then, whether it be injury or, you know, family stuff or work stuff or whatever that may derail you, but me personally, once I commit to something, I'm not somebody that just, you know, says, well, the heck with it. I don't feel like doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, Table Rock, I was bound and damn determined to do it, so I did it virtually um, and then finished it. Um, not as fast as I wanted to, but still did it. But thinking back, you know, all those times where we registered for stuff and then you were like, like I said, you know, the wind direction changed and all of a sudden you were like, man, I'd really like to spend the next month turkey hunting. 
but I can't because I've got to go. I've got to get ready for this race. Um, there's stuff like that. Can you know, your buddies call your hunting buddies call you up? Go, you know, your stand's getting a lot of action, but uh, you can't shoot them if you're not there. You know, and you're like, yeah, I'd like to be there. But then the one thing holding you back is, or realistically, the one the mo- the biggest thing holding you back is that race you've got coming up. Yeah, and trying to trying to tell yourself that you know it's okay if i take a few weeks or a couple weeks off to go hunt but then if you're somebody that's an athlete you know that those couple of weeks that you take off to go hunt or could possibly be very detrimental to to the race ahead yeah especially being that close um you know there's the opportunity to recover i mean i know sean's getting ready to go to oklahoma hunting he leaves thanksgiving week and he's had some issues. And I said, and the other day we were running, I said, you know, Sean, when's the last time you took a full solid week off and did absolutely nothing other than, you know, stretch? I know when the last time I took a, a solid week off. And that was like two years ago when he started. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like recovery is important. Very, yeah. very important. Um, a week off, considering all we do, is not going to kill you. So he's like, well, maybe while I'm, gone he's like i may take the next two weeks and just take it off and i'm like it's probably the best thing you could do for yourself yeah and then go enjoy hunting because he's like i'm gonna run while i'm there i'm like why enjoy the hunt enjoy hanging out and we'll get back to it when you get back you know stretch you know throwing some push-ups and planks things like that you know um you just have a good recovery week right i'm like you know, um, it's not going to kill you. I'm like, realistically, after Table Rock, I probably should have took a week off, even though I'd had some with the ankle recovery. You yeah. know, uh, but you know that that recovery stuff's important. Oh, it definitely um, is. Definitely should be a goal. Um, so you know, it, so maybe that's the way you look at. Maybe that's how I look at things. I plan my recovery week weeks around um, hunting season. I want to go hunting this week. I need a recovery week. There you go. Yeah, I try um, to factor hunting into all mine. If I can sneak off in the woods for, you know, four or five hours, just chill out, I'm yeah. more than happy to do that. I mean, you know, I I have, you know, those are some goals. Uh, those are things that I want to I want to get out with my friends and fish more or get out with my friends and hunt more. I love to have a weekend where just a bunch of us guys, you know, every, you know, one big weekend a year where we all just go up to Wilson's Creek or somewhere and, and we take some food and whiskey and we go in and camp for a weekend and just yeah. the dudes, you know, do whatever, go run, go hike, you know, sleep, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. drink booze and <clears throat> talk about all the screw ups or whatever, you know, yeah, just do Not those things, mean. you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of trying to set, Trying to set, trying to, uh, holy talk, holy <laughs> trying talk. to set time holy to kind of do what you're yeah. needing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get older, you start to think about those things. Like, yeah, I mean, it matters. You don't want to spend your entire life training for something that is going to give you a short shelf life. Yeah. Cause right? I mean, you know, I'm at that area, I'm at that point now where like when I look at, when I train for races, I'm not really training to race. I'm training for the, to be able to, get through it and enjoy the experience yeah. i don't i'm not necessarily i don't worry about winning anymore i just don't as when it comes to running yeah. now if i go race a bicycle you can bet your butt i'm gonna be trying to get uh, a step on the podium um 
But, you know, there's those things where I'm just to the point now, it's like, I just want to show up, personally have a good, a good run or a good race. Yeah. Um, try to do better than I did last time, but I'm not worried about everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about getting through it, <clears throat> staying healthy and enjoying the experience. Yeah. Um, cause you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not, I mean, I know I'm a spring chicken, but. I mean, I got you. 28, I mean, 29 and whatever, so. <clears throat> be 29 and 12 years ago. Maybe. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. But uh, as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any topics you'd like to hear us talk about or any questions, comments, concerns, queries, quandaries, please let us know. And yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, Enjoy Taco Wednesday. There you go. Yeah. Taco Wednesday. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Peace.